You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Yeah, and you know, I love that example because I think that one of the things that makes social media negative is the negative activity on social media. There are plenty of, I mean, Facebook has been around for a long time now. So it's, it, it feels to me like uh, maybe not Facebook, but at least social media in general, it's not going anywhere. It's, mm. this is something that is going to stick around in one form or another for, uh, you know, for, for the rest of our lives, most likely. So, um, you know, I'm go- hoping that, you know, at the moment, I've definitely pulled back on my consumption of social media. I think the election and things like that uh, here in the United States are uh, uh, factors in there and, and trying to get over the negativity that is involved in that. But the, um, you know, seeking out positive places on social media is becoming something that when I think about when me returning more, it's going to be something more that I do instead of having just a news feed that is given to me. Like for example, on Twitter, I'll, uh, I, I don't do much uh, pro, uh, creating of content on uh, Twitter, but I do like Twitter because I'm able to uh, create lists of people that I follow uh, on certain topics, but I'll try to curate those so that there are people who are generally positive or mm-hmm. are going to uh, going to reduce the amount of um, yeah the negative back and forth and and that sort of thing that that happens. I it, you know I'm a data nerd, right? So uh, it, when it comes to the election, the only real news I like to follow are all of these uh, pollster aggregators. And this is really not rock and roll. I apologize, but. Um, <laughs> But these pollster aggregators, these data, these, you know, mega data nerds, and they will just post their polls and everything that they, all of their analyses are really, really scientific and filled with math and, you know, trying to, when they do fight, it's, it, it's hilarious because it's, you know, them fighting over, uh, you know, different, you know, uh, uh, theories of, uh, on statistics. And it's like, you know, how personal can you get with that? You know? So, uh, with just the point being that using the, uh, opportunities that the social media platforms have as a consumer to filter down, just to the stuff, the people who are generally going to be positive. And, and if you're uh, creating content, like the example that you had, making that a positive place and making it a place that people are going to want to come back to and want to interact with others who also are a fan just like them, that's, that's just going to be super, super powerful. Yeah, I actually do a similar thing, but with Instagram. So I have um, just a couple of people that I admire and kind of look up to. And they're actually not within the music industry. They're more sort of in the entrepreneurial space. And I sort of adapt what they do into sort of my world and the music industry and everything. But 
I I'm a huge advocate. Well, firstly, for not checking social media first thing. And I definitely don't do this. I mean, I definitely break this habit some days I did this morning, (laughs) but, um, as much as I can, I try not to check social media, but when I do one of the first places that I go is to my Instagram stories and have a look at the stories from those just two or three people that I really admire and are constantly posting in things that I personally find inspiring. And that is usually the first thing that I actually consume as a user. So, um, and if they they usually actually come up first in the algorithm because, um, you know, I usually watch their stories and they're posting regularly. So they're usually ready, readily accessible. But even if they're not first, I'll actually go to their profile and make that effort to find their stories so that I'm not consuming someone else's stories before I'm kind of in that state to, uh, you know, feeling more positive. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point. Uh, and it's, Trying to find uh, great content creators outside of music is just always a really great uh, piece of advice because when you're creatively uh, at a standstill for what to post about, it's it's sometimes easy to forget that not everybody sees what you see. So you can be inspired by something that somebody posts outside of your genre, preferably outside of music altogether, that will that you can adapt for your use for something that you want to post about for that day or use it as a launching point or just creatively or whatnot as inspiration. You know, that's a, a positive way to absorb social media for for certain i'm i'm totally guilty of hitting uh uh, checking that twitter feed first thing in the morning and i got to get over it. it's terrible but i'll tell you what i have done that is a revelation uh for me and it sounds so simple but i've turned off all the alerts i was astonished how much less i check my phone because it doesn't buzz in my pocket. Yes, I have my notifications turned off as well. The only notifications I have turned on are, well, I have an astrology app that sends me notifications. And I also have my PayPal because that kind of motivates me in the day when I see people um, consuming my, my content, but that's it. No social media, no emails, no nothing. I'm such an advocate for that as well. Do you use scheduling tools at all? Like TweetDeck, Hootsuite, uh, I don't know who else is out there now. Loomly, I guess, is one. Yeah, so I um, I definitely use that when I had like corporate clients. Um, I was much more organized. I've had sort of like an up and down relationship with my personal socials. And um, I do schedule a lot for like my band um, and my bandmates are looking after social media. We kind of take turns with it and they definitely use Facebook Creator Studio. But um, for me, myself, yeah, I've kind of gone up and down because sometimes I am, I guess, maybe just and sort of like an artist about it. I just want to just post (laughs) when I feel inspired and I'm not I go through phases. Sometimes I post every day and then other times I just post a couple of times a week. And um, yeah, so I definitely went through like a Plannerly phase and a Hootsuite phase. At the moment, I'm really lucky. I've got a virtual assistant who helps me with some of the repurposing so I can focus on when I do feel inspired. Um, it's I'm not so much worried about, oh, God, I've got to share the podcast because, you know, I have two podcasts a week now. Wow. Um, so, yeah, for me, like, yeah, I've, I've definitely used 
um, scheduling tool sometimes. And it's a hundred percent what I recommend to like the bands that I work with and everything if they're struggling. But um, I guess I've just been doing it for so many years. It's second nature as well. Like uh, there's never a time when I don't have an Instagram story up um, as an example. So that could also be why sometimes I drift away from scheduling tools because it's so ingrained in me at the moment. Um, how about you? Well, let me ask you real quick. Do you, uh, with your clients, do you recommend to them to keep their personal social media uh, sort of uh, uh, band free, music free, uh, uh, sort of uh, private from the fans or, uh, uh, you know, because I, I always had the been of the opinion that when you're getting your start, you kind of need your friends have to be your first fans. Uh, so I was wondering if you had any any sort of advice on that. Yeah, I have really, really strong opinions and I, I definitely agree with you. So at the start, um, collectively, all the bandmates in a band have more friends than you do probably followers on your band's page. So it's really just a good idea to be sharing every single thing that your band's page you know, posts onto your personal pages and really leveraging that audience. I mean, one of the first things that I do when I take on a client is I tell them, well, can you just take some time to invite all your friends to your page? And they're like, well, that sounds like the most obvious thing in the world. But what happens is over time when a band's been around for six months, 12 months, two years is people invite all their friends to like the band page when they're, you know, first starting out. And then they kind of forget to for like for years afterwards. And meanwhile, they've accumulated so many more friends. So um, yeah, I'm definitely an advocate that the your personal pages need to be almost like a sub page of your band's page. So I think that when you're on the path to being a musician, you're on the path to being a public figure. That's just kind of how the industry works. So right from the get-go, you should be treating your personal pages in the same professional manner that you would be treating your band's pages. Plus it just, you know, five times is the reach. Um, rather than just posting on your on your band's page all the time. So yeah, I definitely think you need to be looking at it that way. But yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's just, uh, I think, great advice because it just, it pulls right from reality. You know, you, when you get your first gigs, you're going around to your friends at work. You're going around to your friends uh, from school. You're asking everybody, hey, come see my band because you can put a flyer up on a wall, but nobody knows that logo. Nobody's heard of you before. They're not going to show up because your flyer looked cool. You know, so that's reality, you know? So you, you start by getting your friends in and then you hope that they go, wow, didn't know you were capable of that. I mean, I, that happened to me uh, a number of years ago. Uh, my brother has been a professional musician for a long time up until, um, geez, I guess about two, about two years ago. And uh, he, uh, it, it's funny because he, he spent years, you know, just working cruise ships and things like that. But, uh, eventually he moved here to Austin and he just, you know, humbly one day goes, Oh, I got a new band. You got to come check it out. Okay. And I go down and the place is packed because it's like a, the band had like 15 people in it at the time. And it was one of those things where like, as soon as that first moment that they started playing, it was like, Whoa, this, this is awesome. This is, this is something truly special. And then that band went on to win all sorts of awards and uh, travel the country and all this stuff because they were really, really good. They packed the room because they brought their friends in that very first night. But after that, they were able to pack huge venues. 
Um, and it, you know, so this is my brother, not my friend. Right. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's my little brother. I should be walking away from that show going, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. You know, blah, blah, blah. But I walked away going, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I'm a fan. Wow. <laughs> you know? so, uh, so that's, that's how that starts. And it, and it translates, I think, uh, directly to social media. It's another way in which social media is such a, uh, uh, for better or worse, a mirror of reality at times. And that, that might be a frightening thing to, to suggest <laughs> given what's going on in social media. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.